This is The Guardian. High inflation, eye-watering mortgage rates and yet more stories of Tory sleaze. Nobody forced you to go into that room with that young woman. Nobody forced you to stick cocaine up your nose and nobody forced you to drink copious quantities of that very strong Japanese whiskey. No, they certainly didn't. With three and potentially four by-elections on the horizon, has the Conservative Party any chance of convincing people it's on the right track? This week we've come to my adopted hometown of Froome in the southwest of England to see what the upcoming by-election here might tell us about the current state of the country. Oh, I try not to look ahead at the moment. <laughs> if I don't look ahead, I don't worry. But when it comes to voting for real change, are people better off voting with their head or their heart? And can anyone really make a difference? I'm John Harris and you're listening to Politics Week the UK for The Guardian. We're spending the day in Froome in Somerset, where there's soon going to be a by-election triggered by the Tory MP David Warburton resigning in disgrace. Now, across England as a whole, I guess we tend to think about politics as being about the battle between Labour and the Tories, but here it's slightly different. The main challenger, the only challenger, some say, to the Tories, any realistic chance of beating them, are the Lib Dems. Now, this is one of three and in all likelihood four by-elections happening pretty much simultaneously and it's all happening the campaign which is sort of getting going already is happening against a backdrop which seems to me to be comprised of two things politically one is sort of sleaze and scandal which is represented by what happened to the sitting mp here but also all the nonsense involving boris johnson which never seems to stop and the other thing is something people feel much more viscerally i think which is the cost of living crisis rising prices mortgages rents you know like people everywhere loads and loads of voters here are really feeling the cost of living crisis and i think you know if they pay attention to the by-election they kind of want clear answers from the parties about all that stuff just up from the main road through Froome is a pedestrianized shopping street where we meet two women in their late 60s what do you think about um your, your david warburton the, the fellow who was the mp Appalling. up to now Appalling. But I'm really glad we got a by-election. Yes, I know which way I'm going. Well, so let's <laughs> take each one in turn. You feel strongly that he that he is I think completely he in the wrong. In various well, ways. He hasn't talked about his constituents here at all, at all. Well, we've been unrepresented you know, for the last what? Eighteen months. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen him for a year. No. Not only should he stand down, um, but he, he should has. be held accountable for. So the by-election now. Do you know how you're going to vote in it? Oh yes. Go on. Well, Green. I'm a socialist. In 2019, the Greens came fourth here, right? Yeah. And so it's likely to be a, a two-way battle between the Lib Dems and the Tories. I and if it's close, right. but if it's close and you voted Green, you might let the Tory in. I'm 68. I have been voting every election, local or national. Um, I have never voted for the Tory party. That's the only ones I've never voted for. But... In all that time, I have never once had a local MP that I voted for in Parliament. So I've never been represented anyway. But isn't it better to just not have a Tory and be certain of that and just use your vote to, to make sure you don't have a Tory? That is debatable, but I have a feeling we won't this time. The so Lib Dems will win and therefore you've got space to vote Green? Yeah, yeah you could put it that it's way, I think. Dangerous. But I don't care. I've got to vote where my heart is. 
the political question we always ask people is how life is at the minute, you know. Tough. Go on. Well, it really, for me personally, it's very tough. I'm about to lose my home um, quite seriously because, um, I mean, my husband works. In fact, he's held down two jobs for 20 plus years. Um, but for reasons I'd rather not go into, and we've always paid our, uh, paid our mortgage, paid all our bills, but we're losing our home. And for someone of my age now to try and apply to the council for accommodation is just an absolute joke because, the, A, um, there is nothing out there. B, while my husband's still working, they, w- they wouldn't apply to us, and yet we've paid a full stamp all our working lives and we've got nothing back for it at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... That's quite uh, a common experience now, increasingly. Just what? the sheer impossibility of housing for people. Oh, it's, it's dreadful. Cross the Jensen Button Bridge, named after a famous son of Froome, and you'll soon find the local library, where we spoke to yet another resident. We're journalists. We work for The Guardian, the newspaper. Um, do you live in Froome or yes, thereabouts? How do you feel about the by-election that's going to happen? A bit ambivalent, really. Are you? Yeah. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing because we've been waiting for him to, to jump. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so yeah, it'd be interesting. And do you know how you're going to vote? Not really. I shall read the stuff and see, but probably live there much. Right. Have you ever voted Conservative in the past? Very often. Very often? Yes, oh yeah. And how do you feel about the Conservative Party right now? Um, how do I feel about it? A bit disappointed. What are you disappointed about? Well, I suppose mainly the Boris thing. Well, all of them, really. Not Richie. Richie, give him a chance, I think. Poor guy. Yeah. And if Britain has a change of government quite soon, how will you feel about that? I think it's got to happen. And there's obviously got to be Labour, so I'm not so sure about Starmer, but we'll see. And just last question, why has it got to happen? Why, why have you got that well, sense? Because I think the people are fed up, you know, and they just something's got to happen. They just they won't go. This is drawing to a close. This, is, uh, the, this, it, this era is, is, is largely over. It's looking like it now. This might be the nail in the coffin. <laughs> Yeah. Take Thank, care. You. Thank you. That's the sort of people pollsters are really interested in, right? Because she'd vote Tory a lot, she said, and she was quite charitable to Rishi Sunak. But there's this absolutely irresistible sense that the Tories' time is drawing to a close. The curtains are being drawn, you know. It's finishing. Excuse me. Sorry to disturb you. We're journalists. We work for The Guardian, the newspaper. Okay. This is Kylie, who's a care worker. Okay. Do you live in Froome? Yes. Can we talk to you for a minute? Uh, rude question. How old are you? 33. Are you? How's yeah. life at the minute? It's alright. Struggle sometimes with everything, but yeah, not too bad. <laughs> and your housing situation? I only ask you that because everyone knows about interest rates and rents going up and all um, that. Yes, I'm council at the moment, but my rent's gone up. So, hard work, but you do it, you've got to pay it, you just want to live somewhere. <laughs> right. And sort of the monthly business or weekly business of making ends meet? How's that? Hard work. I mean, I work in, in care, so I'll, you know wages aren't great there but i just probably make ends meet just just about, just about yeah right with a with a child as well so it's quite hard wow okay. <laughs> yeah how many kids you got just one right and say when you were 25 did you think that was how you would be living in your early 30s no no i had my daughter when i was 25 and things were all right there you know we had money left over every week now we're working to live aren't we so that's yeah, what it is yeah yeah. Right, okay. Uh, how's the town doing? What's your sense of uh, it as a place to live? A lot of shops are closing, so there's not really much in in Froome. Some of the nice shops that we do have are too expensive, yeah, yeah. Um, especially up the the you know the high streets. But I don't really shop much in town because <laughs> you don't have the money to. 
Yeah, all the so-called artisan, artisan shops and all that yeah. are, are expensive, right? I never, I've never been in there. I put my head in once and I've walked away. Wow, okay. <laughs> okay. Do you pay much attention to politics? Not really, no. I don't really understand much because it just makes me angry, really, with this. Do you know about so. the local MP? Um, I heard something in the paper about stuff, but I don't really know much about him. I've never met him. I've never seen him. Right, OK. He's resigned. He's oh, announced okay. he's standing down. And right. we're going to have a by-election here where we get to choose a new MP. Yeah, it's probably the right thing. Are you going to vote? I don't know, really, no. I don't think that there's much that they can do for the town at the moment. Do you have a, a party that you've tended to vote for down the years? Um, I've normally gone for Labour. I've never, ever voted Conservative. Right, OK. Um, I just found that whilst we have a Conservative government, it's not really... It gets worse every year. And you work in care, you said? Yeah. What kind of care? Um, residential, so a care home. I've for been like there. older people? Yeah. OK. Yeah. So I've been there four years. Excuse me, asking how much do you get an hour? Um, it's just gone up to 10.70, wow, okay. which I can get more working in Weatherspoons, to be honest. <laughs> but it's the job I want to do, so I accept it. Wow. And were you, were you working in a care home during the pandemic? Yes. Wow. Yeah. How was that? Quite hard. It gets very emotional, even talking about it now. Yeah, it was. we had no help. <laughs> no staff, because everyone was sick. So no pay rises, no incentive to, to, to keep going. And I had to look after my daughter through the pandemic, so it was, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't great. You still feel that? You still feel oh, you're sort of living in oh, the Oh, yeah, I, I still feel like we're troubled by it. Wow, well, no, the pandemic, into inflation the pandemic, and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, one damn thing after another, yeah, right? There's people like me who worked through the pandemic, and now we're struggling. And the fu- how do you feel about the future? Oh, I try not to look ahead at the moment. <laughs> if I don't look ahead, I don't worry if that makes sense. God, what a thing, though. Yeah. In the yeah. sense that we should be able to look yeah. ahead and feel some degree of optimism, yeah. right? I mean, my daughter's like, I can't wait to grow up, and I'm like, you really don't. <laughs> you really don't want to right now, because I don't know what her future holds, you know? Yeah, it's hard, isn't it, looking it ahead? Is, and I don't want her to feel hunger or finding money to look for food. And, you know, I want her to realise that to work, you know, you get nice things, but at the moment we're working just to live, so... Right. Big change, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. While the Conservatives and Labour have not yet chosen their candidates for the upcoming by-election, the hot contender to take the seat from the Tories is the Lib Dems' Sarah Dyke. She's been her party's candidate for just over a year, and she's a councillor for Blackmore Vale about half an hour from here. We bump into her and her press officer on the way to the cafe where we've arranged to meet. I think I probably do. It's not like normal political reporting. We have a bit of local goss as we walk. I met Duncan when we were campaigning against having a Tesco here when I first moved to Froome. Yeah, and he was really passionate about that. Yeah, he was one of the first people I met when we moved to. Uh, and how long ago was that? 2009. Oh, uh, OK. Yeah. Oh, you're an, you're an old school Froome then. See, that's good. No one's ever said that before. <laughs> I but still the... feel like an incomer. Yeah, no. There's been loads of people moved in, which is, which is great, because there's uh, the vibrancy and a real kind of feeling of... Uh, Progressiveness in Froome. Yeah, I worry about the divide a bit in the town economically. Yes, that's very House true. House prices and all. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's real pockets of deprivation right across the uh, the county. I mean, it, it feels like a very affluent area on the surface, um, but it doesn't take very much to dig uh, dig down a little deeper. We're in the garden of the Hubnub, which uh, used to be the United Reformed Church, and it's now a lovely uh, cafe and bakery and community space. So you've been the confirmed Lib Dem candidate for quite a while, right? 
That's right, I was uh, selected uh, last year um, in uh, May. He's a David Warburton supporter, he's still very distressed. Um, don't go, David. So, you're faced, superficially anyway, with a 19,000 Conservative majority here, right? So, right. from the outside, people would think this was a hell of a big ask for you to win. But in point of fact, it's maybe not that big an ask, really. Things are sort of more leaning your way than they appear. Yeah, I mean, it's still going to be a challenge. We need to work for every vote. And I've been out working on the doors and talking to residents for the last year since I was originally selected um, because I want people to um, know that there's a, a, a change that is available to them. And they're telling me over and over again that they do want change and they are going to support me to, to be that change. And yes, it, of course, it's a huge majority, but things have changed an awful lot since uh, the last election. What's changed? Uh, People are hugely frustrated with the lack of representation that they have. Um, they've uh, not had an uh, MP uh, representing them in Parliament now for well over a year, and rightly, they're frustrated. And more generally, though, I mean, they're frustrated, it seems to me, with the general state of things, you know. This is quite a, a propitious moment for a by-election to drop, in the sense that people are really feeling the pinch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there certainly is that toxicity around the Conservative Party and particularly our MP in Somerton of Froome or our outgoing MP in, in Somerton of Froome. But yes, uh, the, the challenges um, nationally are really um, hitting people and uh, people are suffering. So the Lib Dems have roots here, right? They do. You've got councillors here yep. and Lib Dems run Somerset County Council yep. now and all of that. Yeah, that's right. We've got um, 61 Liberal Democrat uh, councillors on the new unitary authority, which is the biggest Lib Dem group in the country. And obviously we've got a strong legacy of MPs in this neck of the woods. I have voted Liberal Democrat somewhat tactically quite often in the past, right? But I had a hell of a fright um, in 2010 when I did that and what I got in return was the Lib Dems partnering with the Tories in coalition and being the handmaidens of austerity and, that, and, and the awful period that we're still in the midst of, right? So if I was faced with the, 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 the prospect of voting Lib Dem again, what can you say to reassure me that I'm not voting for the same setup that did that to me last time? Well, as far as I'm concerned, there, there will be no PACs. Um, I'm working for every vote that I can in Somerton and, and Froome to be able to represent everybody in this constituency because th what they haven't had is that representation um, from an MP and I, uh, it's something that they deserve to have that representation. So that is my focus right okay. now. But are you a, I don't know, are you a different party now to the party you were in 2010? In the sense that you look back on that now and... and think a lot of things went wrong there and lessons were learned and you wouldn't do anything similar again uh, so I think everybody um, knows that there there's lessons learned, uh, you know. But what we what we need to do is to assure people that um, we have a very strong voice, and we need to make sure that we um, get as many MPs in Parliament so that we can be a strong voice and really um, show um, a strong opposition to that current government. If I vote Liberal Democrat, I'm. I'm I'm interested to know, in terms of particular issues, what kind of push that I get in what particular direction, right? So on things like the cost of living crisis, which you've talked to loads of people about today, right? They're, they're having a terrible time with inflation, rising rents, rising interest rates and all that. What's your answer to that as someone who's campaigning in a by-election? 
Yeah, so the, the, the cost of living crisis is impacting all of us at the moment, has been for some time, hasn't it? So we've led the way on so many policies and we've led pioneering ideas around the cost of living crisis, the windfall tax, for example. Um, the Tories have adopted elements of it, but it's just a, a partial approach, which really isn't helping the majority of people. OK, what about mortgages? People's sheer month to month living costs on that score. But the housing situation in Froome and in Summit and Froome more widely, how is it here for people? Well, I tell you, I, I tell you what. I mean, this is just us thinking out loud. We have got we have got a massive issue with the um, uh, housing crisis around um, not being able to build houses at the moment, purely because we've got um, a, a Ramsar catchment area, which is a very area around kind of sensitive around phosphates, and so we've there's a restriction on building. Um, so there is a restriction on on building in large parts of Somerset that are within that catchment. Froome isn't within that catchment, so is taking a lot of pressure around. And, um, speculative planning applications so I could uh, maybe talk around something like that. I suppose people have an idea from the outside that Summerton and Froome because it's rural and the parts of it that get attention, get attention because they're fashionable right like Bruton and Froome mm. two towns that are always in Sunday supplements and all that and people have an idea from the outside that this is quite an affluent part of the world right mm. and that's not the whole truth at all is it? Mm. Yeah there's there's you know, there is obviously that it does have a look of affluence um, in, in the area. I mean, it's a beautiful area. We're very, very lucky to, to live in this part of the world. But there are pockets of deprivation. And, um, you know, there's... there's the... It's OK. Take your time. Locking. Take your time, don't we? Excuse me, because I'm just having my, my coffee as... Don't worry. I thought I shouldn't have had the extra shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's just because I've, I've drank coffee too far too quickly because I haven't had a coffee in, since about seven o'clock this morning. The coffee is strong as well. Right. What do you want to know? Something is a subject that I don't know anything about. <laughs> I'm not, not going to be able to give you an answer for very sensibly. Or what, on, on, the, on the sort of general economic state of the constituency? Um, well, I can talk... Yeah, I mean, there's pockets of deprivation. I mean, what else? You know, what can we, what can we say on that, really? I don't feel I, I don't feel that I'm prepared at all for for this, Amy. It's all getting a little bit um, above right. above my station, sorry. Well, you're about to stand it's in okay. a by-election. Yeah. You're going to get much, much. Yeah. You're going to get much, yeah, much no. more exacting questioners than yeah. us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this, this is day day two of. Just uh, get your glass of water. Yeah. Stop it. Right, I'm a bit thrown now because we weren't, you know, we weren't here to gotcha anyone and ask particularly troubling questions. Right, they were all quite open questions. But one day after the Lib Dems campaign launch, their candidate is very shaky and hasn't got her answers to pretty obvious things worked out. I feel sort of sorry for her to some extent, but you know. This is a bit like turning out for a football match without the, without your boots on, unfortunately. And, you know, the media is going to be crawling all over this place very, very soon. And they really will be out to trip people up and all that.
and that's not a, you know a matter of dirty tricks that's a matter of accountability actually just to you know scrutiny and make sure that the right candidate gets it personally i you know i would i don't want the tories to win but um You might need a better worked out campaign pitch than that if you're going to beat them. You're getting your nomination papers signed today. You, you're in a rush to get your nomination papers in. Yeah, I, yeah, well, yeah. We got to get them in by Friday. So what I'm going to do is, um, yeah, I'm going to go down to the cheese and gray, and I was going to get some people to sign them down there. Okay, so, so can we, should we meet you at the cheeser in about ten minutes then? Yeah. Okay, right. I'll see you at the cheeser in about ten. Okay. Okay. okay all right. All right. See you then. Thanks, Martin. Thanks a lot. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Right. That was Martin Dimery, who's the Green Party candidate in this by-election. Um, who came fourth in um, 2019. The Green Party came fourth in 2019, but they say they're running with an intention to win, as unlikely as that may sound. Uh, Martin is a county councillor here, and sort of, he's quite a big figure in local life. He used to run the Froome Festival, and he's coming to get his nomination papers signed to the Cheese and Grain, the town's venue, where Paul McCartney played last year, and we're going to go meet him there and do a quick interview. How are you? I'm not going to because I've just been uh, clearing up after the dock. Right. Martin, um, did you, you stood here in 2019, did you not? Uh, I stood in 2017 for the county. I didn't stand in the district once. But the parliament for the parliamentary no, constituency. I stood for the EU in the EU so elections. This is your first time. This is my first time. Yeah. Candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about maybe Froome specifically in the constituency more widely. Froome is quite fashionable and it gets written about in certain Sunday papers yeah. as somewhere where everyone plays the trombone and keeps bees. There's more inequality and deprivation here than people think think yeah. there is, right? Yes. yes. This is quite a divided town in as much as there's um, a lot of people that have moved into the town and they tend to be people maybe from London or from, from perhaps Bath or Bristol. Professionals, perhaps they have, uh, they have money and background. It, it, it varies from street to street. It's amazing when you door knock how different different roads are. And uh, a lot of those people like what was the old heritage houses, the old weavers' cottages. So those areas have become really gentrified. On the other hand, with the price of housing, there's a lot of people who are left behind, and these tend to be the indigenous people who've lived here, whose families go back here generations, finding they're having to move out to other nearby towns because they, uh, they can't afford the property prices here. So there is, um, there is quite a shift in the demographic, but there's still a lot of people who live in poverty. And it was one of the, one of the, the worst places in Somerset at one time for poverty. Right. And you, I, you feel that in the town in the sense that what's happened to Froome in terms of its sort of revival and regeneration mm. seems quite miraculous, but it sometimes leads to this quite uneasy sense that there are some people who are part of that and there are some who aren't. So we met a woman who works in care for like £10.50 an hour and she said she, she doesn't go at the so-called artisan shops here because they're too expensive, right? And she's having a hell of a time making ends meet housing-wise and all that. And that's if it's all about trombones and beehives, yeah. right, then all of that gets forgotten. That's the problem. That's true, although the, the, the sort of the, the thriving art scene does, does, bring in, does bring in money as well. But it doesn't replace the, the big industries that have closed in the town. If I or someone else considers voting green in this by-election, in terms of the cost of living crisis, say, right, which is the most pressing thing people face, what's your answer? You know, what am I voting for that might help? Well, you, 
Yes, see, with the, with the Green Party, we will, we will make statements like most of the other parties that we'll improve the bus services, we'll improve the National Health Service, we'll do, and how will we get the money? I think we're the most honest about where we get the money from. And it will be, you've got to, you've got to tax the oil industry, you've got to have the windfall tax, you've got to have, you've got to stop people, you know, um, get offshore accounts. You've got to start doing things like that. We've got to get back in the single market. It's killing industry. It's killing agriculture. We've got to have a Robin Hood tax. We bank, we bailed the banks out. Why aren't they paying a bit back? Too much money is draining out. Housing is a big issue throughout this constituency, right? Because this is a, what they call a property hotspot now, right? Mm. And people are excluded from housing because of that, because rents become impossibly expensive, let alone house prices, right? What's the Green Party answer to that problem? We've got to build more low-cost and social housing. And, and what we've got to do is be firm with the developers, because this happens again and again. You get a development comes in, it gets outline planning permission, and then the developer turns around and says, oh, well, you know, we were going to put uh, 40% social housing in there. Well, we can't afford that now, um, because it's much, much more profitable to build a four-bedroom detached house. Here's the thing, right? And we've spoken to people this morning, some of whom have said this and some haven't. You know the argument. There's only one party here which is going to beat the Tories. The bookies have them at one of four on, right? That's the Lib Dems, right? Okay. The, and you might have looked at the odds yourself. The Green Party's odds are put at 100 to 1, right? You came fourth here in 2019, right? Yeah. There is arguably a risk of voting Green here that you will split the anti-Tory vote and let the Tory in. What, so on that basis... What's your right, answer? Right, I've got several answers there. One, one is, one is it's not a general election anyway. Okay, there's going to be a general election maybe in nine months' time. Yeah, it could be next May. We're not going to get the Tories out with this Whoa, by-election. Well, that's like, have a flutter on us, it doesn't matter. Of course it matters. This could be a really fatal blow well, to Rishi Sunak. Could it? Yeah, potentially. potentially. I, I don't know. Well, let me, let me put it another way. If you don't agree with that, let me put it another way. And, 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 and at the risk of sounding arrogant, I was told by the Lib Dems that they were the only party that could beat the Tories here. I've stood in two separate elections, in two different constituencies, in a town which is a third of the whole constituency in, in terms of population size, has a third of the vote, and I beat the Lib Dems by 30% in both of them. Why would I stand down? You sincerely think you can do it? I think we have to persuade people what you just said, that actually they don't have to vote for the Lib Dems to get them out. They can be <laughs> brave and vote for the Greens if they want to get the Tories out. Brilliant. Thanks, Martin. OK, thank Brilliant. you. It's very easy when you're doing political coverage to just speak to people in town centres. But given that housing and the cost of living and all that stuff is so in the foreground in British politics more than ever, arguably. I think you've also got to go where people live, right? Places where they've bought or are renting houses and all that. Froome, like a lot of places in England, is sort of ringed by new housing developments, right, that are full of so-called starter homes. And that's another reason why the mortgage issue and, and uh, interest rates and so on is so huge here. Got a little community notice board. Right, this is Southfield Farms. This used to be agricultural land. It's behind the big Asda supermarket, and this is new build housing. This is sort of, what, semi-detached, relatively compact starter homes. There's lots of for sale signs everywhere. You know, when people want to get on the property ladder and so on, I think this is the first place they look. It's, the, it's that kind of place. What you, what you tend to find, actually, is starter homes are sort of synonymous with swing voters for some reason. 
I think because they're younger people and they're more sort of footloose, and so they don't have deep political loyalties, right? It's one of my theories, you know. It'll travel lighter in every sense, and politically as much as anything. The odd car drives by, but few people are out and about. One woman we do meet is working from home and can't speak to us, but she tells us to talk to her neighbours opposite, one of whom works as an estate agent. We end up speaking to her husband, a project manager who's also working from home. You know, I switch on the TV or my phone and endlessly hear about the issue of interest rates and uh, how impossible things are getting. Does it feel like that to you? I think in the present climate, the, the increase in rates has definitely dampened the housing market, for example. My wife is a local estate agent, and right. recently uh, the number of viewings and sales in the area has dropped dramatically compared to a year ago. Wow. And that's in Froome, which up to now has been considered a property hotspot, right? People are viewing, but they're making offers well under value with the property at the moment. And the perception seems to be that properties are falling in price, um, but a lot of agents are, are putting the values on a higher, higher value to get them on the books. OK. Has your mortgage gone up? Mine has. Hugely. We were very fortunate. We moved 12 months ago. We made the decision to fix ours for five years. So I think we're okay for a reasonable amount of time. Do you follow politics at all much? Um, nationally and local to a certain degree. There's obviously some interesting news the past yeah, uh, the 28, 48 hours with yeah. David Warburton leaving us. Yeah. What do you make of that? I'm glad he's gone. I think he should have gone sooner. Have you voted Conservative in the past? Uh, I have in the past, yes, a long time ago. Um, but this time around, there most definitely will not be a Conservative vote in this area. Okay. Do you know who you'll vote for in the by-election? Um, I'm minded. I'm not quite sure whether to vote tactically or to vote with my conscience. Go on, then. then. And if it was tactically, who would you vote for? Tactically, I'll look at the polling data before the polling day, but it's looking like Lib Dem. Okay. Before. And if you went with your heart, so to speak? At the minute, Keir Starmer will get my vote in the Labour Party. Labour. Do you know what the Lib Dems stand for? That is the problem I have at the moment. And, what, and what's your opinion of the current government? Uh, I think it's passed its best before date. It's now gone 4pm and the streets start to fill with cars coming back from the school run. We spot 31-year-old mum of three, Zoe, pulling into her driveway and ask her what she makes of the current state of Britain. Where did you live before? Um, still in Froome. So originally Mel's and then a different house in Froome and then here. Okay. So we're due to remortgage soon and it's terrifying. Um, you just don't know where you kind of stand anymore you feel like you don't know whether you can afford to remain living here it's terrifying it's as bad as that it is as bad as i feel like it is as bad as that i think because when we first bought this house things are in a much better position than they are now and if you ever wanted to move we've had this on the market for a year now we wish to move from here but we just can't afford to so we're very much in a position where you do feel like you're stuck i think yeah what's your sense of the sort of state of the country in general with that as one sort of part of the picture like how, what the future feels like the future's scary more so for my children and this generation because you kind of we've had conversations where we spoke about what would you like to do when you're older and where would you like to live and things but actually the reality is will they ever be able to afford to move out probably not i mean the way it is now will they ever be able to afford a, a deposit even now because it looks like these are going to be at home forever at this rate from the outside, you're doing okay, right? You live in a nice new housing yes. development, right? Yes. And, and, you, and you're a property owner. Yes. And yet you're, you feel that the future looks quite bleak from where I you're standing. I so, yes, because I feel like you can have these things, but to move forward in life or to move up the ladder is the terrifying part because the rates are so high and everything is so expensive now yeah. that kind of what you have got, you're so grateful for and you're kind of 
you know, happy to kind of stay where you are because it's a lot safer. Every time we do a food shop, that thing's gone up and this thing's gone up. And when you add it all together with three children and yeah, yeah, pets yeah. and everything else to afford, you know, it's, yeah, it's scary. You work? Yes, I do. I work from home. What do you do? Accounts. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to vote in the by-election? I'm not sure because I feel like everything is so out of your control. I feel like regardless of what your opinion is, I actually feel like it doesn't make much difference anymore. I don't know, I just feel like you don't have a voice anymore. Have you, you've okay. voted in the I past, presumably? You've never voted? For that reason, I have not, no. And how old are you, excuse me asking? 31. And you've never voted? No. Wow. Yeah, for that reason, I just feel that it's not... Regardless of my vote, I feel like it would never be the favourable vote anyway. I don't know why, I just feel like it's out of our control. I really do. I think politics has arrived somewhere where sort of orthodoxy is back, right? Sort of dull, well-meaning men in suits, really, are in charge again. And what they want to try and tell us is that all the chaos and ferment of the last sort of seven or eight years, that's all sort of back in its box. And there's a general election coming, and you make one of these two or three choices, and the country somehow will get put the right way up again. And I don't think people buy that. I think people feel that the Conservatives and the Labour Party and the Lib Dems are not really speaking to the reality of their lives and how hard things are and how, how uncertain and bleak they feel about the future. And so they feel sort of unsatisfied. So, you know, I don't think any of the public dismay and anger and disconnection as far as politics is concerned, I think that's only receded slightly. It's still there, isn't it? And God knows, if you pick that up in Froome in Somerset, you know, that tells you a lot, doesn't it? Politicians and parties, in the most obvious way, as we've discovered today, very often, don't know what to do. They don't even know what to say. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, make sure you subscribe to Politics Weekly UK wherever you get your podcasts, and even better, leave us a review. Next week, we'll be on the by-election trail again in Uxbridge, the former constituency of Alexander Boris de Feffel Johnson. This episode was produced by Frankie Toby, the music is by Axel Cacoutier, and the executive producers are Maz Ebtahaj and Nicole Jackson. This is The Guardian.